0: Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast. Where we're bringing you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Fans Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing John Oshel. He is the CEO and president over at SwiftPage. Thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And first off, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, kind of like where you grew up and how did you actually make it into the
1: tech space? Oh yeah. Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to, to having this. Uh, I think we're going to have a good time today, so we should have a blast. But wow, where did I grow up? I'm a I'm a New Jersey. I'm a Jersey boy. So I always tell everybody I'm an East Coast street punk with an education. I'm your worst nightmare. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I've been uh, been uh, interested in computers uh, all the way back. I'm an old man, so all the way back in the in the 70s and in the, the 80s, um, and got a computer science degree and. You know, I just went on and started working at uh, consulting firms and Fortune 50 companies and, uh, you know, made my way into uh, running uh, business units and then ultimately running uh, companies and always been in the either information space or software space, um, uh, et cetera. So that's kind of how I, I got uh, there. You know, Page is, is a really interesting story. Swift Page was founded in 2001 by a really good friend of mine, Bob Ogden. Bob and I have known each other for 30-some-odd years. And it was founded as a little, uh, small email marketing company. So, think very similar to like a Constant Contact, a MailChimp, or something like that. So, they all kind of came out around the same time. And uh, somehow, uh, Bob convinced me back in 2003 to invest in his company. Uh, so, I was an early investor in SwiftPage, and I put a round in, and then I put another round in, and I think '04 and by the time 06 came around, I put a, 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 four, a third round in and I said, Bobby, what are you doing with my money, buddy? I mean, <laughs> this, we, we got to figure, figure out what's going on. Right. Uh, and uh, so I came, I came in and kind of helped from an, an advisory role uh, standpoint, helped them with a strategy. And uh, they, they really kind of started taking off. And, and the business really grew from uh, 06 to 2010 when they were going to, uh, uh, somebody was interested in acquiring them. And uh, so my background is, as, as I talked about it, I, I've been in all different kinds of companies, but I'm uh, very, very heavy into the M&A space. So I've grown companies from, you know, 200 million to 1.5 billion, you know, et cetera. And a lot of that through, uh, through acquisitive growth. So I kind of helped Bob form, uh, form a board and navigated them through the the acquisition and unfortunately that that kind of fell through as sometimes deals do and um, uh, so you know the business kind of just ended so anyway long story short 2012 I stepped in Bob asked me to, to kind of step in and, and, uh, and take over as, as CEO and I, I kind of say a funny story is that we were at a board meeting in January of 2012 I went to the restroom I came back and somehow I was CEO of the company so. Uh, and I said, guys, there has to be some kind of a bylaw that says if you go to the restroom, you can't be voted in as, as the CEO. But anyway, um, I was actually doing an, another, uh, another gig where I was acquiring our largest competitor. So I had to f- finish that out. And uh, I really took over in July of 2012. And, uh, and we were still this little email marketing company. So what we did is we said, hey, listen, let's take a look at the SMB space, which is where we were really focused on. And we believe that the SMB uh, space or industry or companies need four digital pillars in order to grow. We call them presence, traffic, conversion, and retention and optimization tools. And everybody knows what presence is, right? That's websites, landing pages, Facebook page, et cetera. Um, And traffic, everybody knows what that is. Traffic drives traffic to that presence and that creates leads. And then conversion and retention is all about converting those leads to customers, retaining them and growing them, And then optimization tools are things like finance software, HR software, et cetera. So we were kind of dabbling in this conversion and retention space with this little email marketing company. So our goal was and our our strategy, long-term business strategy, was we were going to own conversion and retention for the SMB. And we were so proud of ourselves that we had came up with this great strategy and like, oh, you know, et cetera. uh, but then we step back and said, "Okay, how are we going to do that?" Well, the first step is is to really define what is conversion retention because it's not, a, you know, a a very well known space. Um, we define conversion retention as as the culmination of a couple of big components. The number one component, or what we think is the center of the universe of conversion retention, is CRM. Right, and if you have CRM, it houses all the the existing or, or all the critical information you need in order to convert retain and and, and grow etc so he said okay that's the anchor and then there's other major pieces there's marketing automation there's sales automation specifically cpq um, and then there's service management and field service management and things like that. those make up the big components if you have all of those in a single platform that are is easy to use and intuitive etc well, then you're going to own the conversion and retention space for for the SMB market. So that's our strategy. We laid that out in 2012, and then we just started to go like crazy uh, to execute against that. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah,
0: and and it seems like you have a very good understanding too. It's like you know, digital marketing comes in, and obviously like all that. But I I guess I didn't really think that you'd be like so hands on as it seems that you know. As what you just mentioned, like seems like it is it, the case, uh, which is cool because you don't typically see like the CEO or someone in a very high executive position that typically understands everything that's kind of happening, you know, as far as operationally and stuff like that goes more in depth. Um, so it's nice to see that you have that kind of knowledge of the things that you know are essential to not just your company but also the SMBs that you're servicing. Now,
1: yeah. Oh, go ahead, please. Where where does then act come into play? Hmm. So we had this great strategy, um, you know, where CRM is the anchor, etc. And we were this little email marketing company. So I said, well, we're going to have to go out and acquire the, uh, a CRM system. Um, and of course, you know, I was surrounded by all startup entrepreneur guys and and they were just like, no, 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 we're going to build it. And I was like, no, we're not going to build it. We're, we're going to buy it. All right. That's what I do. And, uh, so anyway, so we, um, uh, we started looking around uh, and this is uh, you know, about September of 2012. We came across uh, you know, the ACT brand. We had already been working with the ACT brands uh, from a technical partnership. Um, we actually acquired both ACT and SalesLogix, two CRM systems from Sage uh, in March of 2013. And um, we very quickly realized that SalesLogix was more enterprise focused. And so uh, it was a great asset. We cleaned it up a little bit and I divested that off to uh, Infor in um, September of 2014. So that was a you know a really good positive deal for us. But Act really then became the the anchor uh, of our of our strategy. Now uh, Act has been around forever, right it, it was, It's been around for 30 years. It was it was developed in 1987. Uh, it's been through a number of iterations and maturations and evolutions et cetera. And so there was an enormous amount of positives that came with that acquisition. There was, uh, you know, obviously the ACT brand. Everybody knows that. Um, And, you know, that was good. It was a global company, so it gave us a global footprint. Just to give you an idea of of the transformational aspect of that acquisition, SwiftPage was 15 people. Uh, When we did the ACT and SalesLogix, we we turned into a 350 Swifty organization in four locations around the world. Right. Overnight. Right. So it's just like, boom, you know, a wild explosion. Um, so you know, it gave us that global footprint right away. Um, you know, it had a it had a large, loyal, paying customer base, which was good. And it had a very large VAR uh, channel. Uh, so those were kind of all the all the positives and the functionality of the system was fantastic. It had all the functionality that SMB would ever want in their in their lifetime. Now, there's some challenges that came along with, with that acquisition as well. right? So we'll go back to the brand. Although everybody knew the brand, the brand was tired, right? So every time we said act, everybody would be like, wow, is that still around? Or, oh, yeah, my father used to use that. Or the worst one was, oh, yeah, my grandfather used to use that. And we're like, oh, my God. So we had to do a lot of brand refresh, um, you know, and kind of get that out of the ashes, if, if you would. The technology, although the functionality was fantastic, the technology was old. It was a closed desktop system, um, and you know nobody was really buying closed desktop systems anymore, right? And the business model was license and maintenance versus is subscription. Um, so we had a lot of a lot of work to do to really you know execute our strategy. So what I did is I as I st- took a step back and said, okay. We're going to take this company through three very distinct eras. We call them the transformation era, the conversion era, and then the growth era. So, the transformation era was taking all those challenges that I just talked about and turning them around, right? We had to transform the technology from closed desktop system to open cloud enabled. We have to transform the business model from license and maintenance to subscription. We had to transform the brand. We had to transform all the back office systems. We had to retool the whole Salesforce, retool the channel. You know, you could go on and on and on. It was a massive undertaking. And that really took us from May of 2000, and or I'm sorry, March of 2013 till May of 2015. So a little over two years to kind of get through that transformational era. Now while you're doing that, you still have to sell the software. You still have to sell the dead licenses, the desktop software, et cetera. To keep the business afloat while you're while you're doing this um, and then in May of 2015 we launched an entire new portfolio of products it was cloud-based it was subscription-based and we launched that in North America and then the next year we launched it in the international market so think of and that enabled us to go into the conversion era so what's the conversion era is taking you know 60 some odd thousand customers you know 180 to 100 to 200,000 users and start converting them over to, uh, you know, SaaS and and, uh, subscription, et cetera. So think of 15, 16, and 17 as the conversion era. And we were very, very successful at doing that. The business completely turned around and was growing We had recurring revenue, um, you know, so everything was really good. And then we were poised to really go into the growth era. All right, so about mid-17, we started looking at what does that mean? And it really has two very distinct paths uh, in the growth era. Number one is more geographic expansion. I mean, we are around the world, but really six countries make up most of our revenue. So there's great opportunity in, in Latin America. We haven't even scratched the surface too much in, in Asia. Um, there's some non-act penetrated European countries, you know, etc. So geographic expansion was, you know, part of the growth era. But then the real part of the growth era was getting all the way back to our existing. Our, our initial strategy was to do the acquisition, start getting the rest of the pieces of the puzzle to own conversion and retention. So I looked at the existing investor base that that I had at, at that point. Uh, 62% of the company was still owned by the founder and friends and family. 38% was institutional and um i just said you know that that's not the investor makeup that's going to take us into the growth era right. so we uh we went out and um you know basically strategically exited the business and recapitalized it brought in a new set of investors and that we did in may of 2018 um and uh then we executed uh, our first acquisition underneath the new uh ownership and and uh, we uh, brought in Kuvana or Inbox Guru, which is a marketing automation platform. So now we have, and we completely integrated that into the Act platform. So now we have, you know, the Act, what we call Act Grow Suite, which is an all-in-one CRM that has both CRM and marketing automation all in, in one platform. So, you know, we're uh, we're moving pretty pretty aggressively uh, along that. So that's kind of where we're at today.
0: Huge. So there's like a, a lot of moving pieces, obviously. Right. And, and one of the questions, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but one of the questions that came up in my head, uh, you know, you, you acquired ACT and you had to do a lot of changes to it, right? Like pretty much just rebuild the entire thing. So what is the benefit of doing that specifically, right? Like going after a, a company that's been out for a while, it's somewhat outdated. You have to rebuild stuff. Why not build that just essentially build another, you know, software from the ground up? uh, yeah. and, and how, and not have to acquire something that's already a bit out there.
1: Yeah. So when you do an acquisition, um, uh, there's a couple of different things you, you look at, you know, you could do just a pure technical acquisition where, you know, you've got somebody that has great technology, um, but they don't have any customers or whatever. And and you can, you can do that acquisition and those are usually relatively cheap. Uh, and they, and they, what they do is they get you to market a lot faster, mm-hmm. uh, but then you have to go find customers customers right? So you know when we looked at you know getting a CRM there were a lot and there is a lot of small little players great you know little SAS based things that are built up or whatever or we could have built it would have taken us probably about two years the chat uh, the, the real benefit of doing what we did is that what came with that is 60,000 customers 200,000 users Mm-hmm. Uh, worldwide, uh, you know, footprint uh, and a VAR channel to come along with that. So all of that came with this. So it was better to bring that whole package in, take all the great functionality. So there was great f- functionality. You just had to tweak the the the, uh, the infrastructure. You had to tweak the architecture. You know, put some layer in some new technology instead of that, and all of a sudden you have this phenomenally rich, you know, CRM uh, right. that has this big loyal customer base associated. So that's why we, we, uh, we did that. Now, you take a look at Inbox Guru and Kuvana when we, when, we, uh, when we acquired that marketing automation play. That was a pure tech play, all right? So that was great technology. They had just gotten started out. Uh, the technology was mature, but they only had a, a, a very, very small amount of customers. Mm-hmm. They were struggling to get customers. We had this massive customer base. It would have taken us forever to build, uh, you know, build that technology. Made in heaven. You know, you bring the bring those two. Together. That's kind of how you evaluate, build, buy, what acquisitions to do, etc.
0: And acquisitions make sense, right? The, the thing that I kind, of, I guess, kind of piqued my interest more was the fact that you acquired it, but then you pretty much had to do a, a lot of changes, which is, you know, I guess typically you would want to avoid that and, and that's one of the reasons why you'd be acquiring too, aside from the customers, obviously. Uh, right. but that totally makes sense, especially if they, they have a very loyal user base. Now, another issue that I kind of see coming with that also is the fact that you have small businesses, right? Like and typically like you have like typically you have people that don't necessarily change technology around and, and stuff like that. So they're very used to their own ways and maybe even like you know, what's the right word? Um, I guess they're kind of, I, I just blanked, but they they like to do their things their own way. Yeah. So how does education come into play when you essentially switch out the technology
1: that they've been used to for such a long time? Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with that transition then? Yeah. So the number one thing that you, you do is, is you, you've got to make it uh, frictionless, seamless, and it got, of feels like it's just, it's just come, they're coming along with the ride and they're not making a massive change. And, so um you know what we did is we made sure that the, the 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 interface uh and the experience that they were used to even though it was on a desktop uh was the same and, and so you know it it just happened to be you know whatever and if somebody was on maintenance we just automatically turned them on to subscription uh you know so we we did those types of things that we said hey listen it's just it's going to be very very seamless and and we made the 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 uh the decision to uh, continue to sell licenses why we were converting over. So if somebody said, no, I don't want to go right now. I just, just give me another seat. No problem. Boom. You got another seat, et cetera. And then you just keep on nurturing them and educating them um, all throughout the cycle of what's the benefits of coming over here versus staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, you know, you get, you know, all the low hanging fruit and then you get the, the, the people that were kind of on the fence. And then you get the laggards, right? And, the, and those laggards, you have to create like pseudo events to say like, hey, this is not, not going to work anymore. You got to come over here or if this, you know, those type of things. And then you kind of, you got to force them a little bit until you get to, you know, 90% or whatever. And then you say the last 10%, we love you, but you got to come over here. If you don't, sorry, uh, you know, type of thing. So it is a... Intimate conversation that you need to have, and we started having that conversation as early as uh, September of 2013, where we were letting people know what the future is mm-hmm. and you know, constant education, constantly um, either uh, user groups uh, or town hall meetings or emails or webinars, you know, etc. And we did that for a, a solid two years. Um, and so when it started, to, when it was the time to start happening, it wasn't something brand new, um, you know, type of thing. So very cool.
0: Now kind of shift gears here a little bit when it comes to, you know, scaling and, and really scaling super fast, right? Like you went from, I think you said 15, uh, 15 employees over at Swift page to like 300 plus yeah. uh, in, in different countries. How do you maintain culture at that level?
1: Yeah, so I mean, culture is absolutely super, super important, and we've done, we spent a lot of time on the culture of of SwiftPage. You know, we 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 joke and we call ourselves Swifties or whatever, but it's a it's a serious thing. It's like we're all, um, you know, part of what we call SwiftPage Nation. We're all we're one team on one journey that makes up SwiftPage Nation. We're all Swifties, you know, et cetera. And and the really the first thing that we did is we defined. The purpose of the company. Why do we exist? So why would every Swifty wake up every morning and, and come to work? And it's very very simple. And is that we we fuel small business growth. That's it. And you know a lot of companies will say like oh they'll, they'll call it a mission or this or that or whatever. It'll be like seventeen sentences sitting on the wall or whatever, and nobody reads it or whatever. <laughs> Everybody every Swifty in in Swift Page Nation knows that we fuel small business growth. That's why we exist. And then it's like, okay, well, if that's why we exist, where are we going? What do we want to be when we grow up? That's you know the vision, and that is very simple as well. And we say that you know the world will know us as the number one small business solution mm-hmm. again, right? right? So if you think about, Act was the number one small business solution back in the late '80s, early '90s, or whatever, and then lots of other players came came around, and they kind of went we're going to bring that back again so that's the vision and we're on this journey the one team one journey and we have a compass we call it living the exclamation mm-hmm. and that's going to guide us from our you know purpose to our vision when we say living the exclamation why because act has an exclamation point right, okay. right. um and so you know and are just really simple statements some people call them values you know but we, we, what you know if you look at ours like one of them is you know work is fun with a purpose um, you know, we're here every day. We need to create an environment that, you know, it's, it's fun. We're working working hard, but if you're not having fun while you're doing it, it's, it's becomes, you know, tiresome. Uh, while. Um, you know, another one, it's, it's, it's okay to ask for help. And, you know, so it's those simple English sentences or, or phrases that people can say like, okay, this is helping to guide us. And then we were in four locations. We're now down to three locations after we divested off sales logics, but if you go into any of the locations around the world, they look exactly the same. So this layout, the same color scheme, the same office furniture, the same, you know, whatever. And, you know, it, it's really about driving uh, that that culture. It's not different in Scottsdale than Den- Denver and Newcastle, UK, or, you know, et cetera. The, you know, you've got to layer that in. And then you got to live the culture. So you can't just say we have this great culture, but you got to live it. And what does that mean is like we created what we call the culture club. Um, and if you're you know familiar with 80s songs, it's not, boy you know, sitting around singing Boy George songs. Uh, but, you know, it, the culture club is, you know, people in each location that can connect together and say, what can we do on a weekly basis, monthly basis or whatever to, to ensure that we're Living the culture there's events. We can do community service. We can have tasty Tuesdays We can do you know all Swifty meetings we can do, you know, etc. So it's really embedding the culture uh, Into uh, every fiber of, of what you're doing now having said all that sounds great and it's a great culture It didn't happen overnight, right? So we had three companies that had to come together you had little Swift page you had a big behemoth of sales logics and a big behemoth of, of ACT, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you had to bring everybody together. Uh, and then, of course, we divested off sales logic, so then, you know, the ACT team thought, well, we're getting divested off as well, and, you know, so it took a good, solid, I would say, two years to really uh, embed uh, the culture you know, in, into the organization. Very
0: interesting, and and I think you know, I think you definitely said it right where where essentially you need to live the culture and not just say that you have one because I feel like a lot of companies will you know they'll say that they have like like their mission statement and all these things but when you go into the offices or or you see them like it doesn't seem like that's the case so it's definitely good to to make sure that it's not only being stated but also being you know executed essentially um, and to shift gears a little bit more here. When it comes down to marketing and, and marketing specifically for SaaS companies, right? Obviously for Act, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see? And, and and this is on a I guess on a personal level with with Act, and mm-hmm. also that you see other SaaS companies doing.
1: Yeah, so you know I think the biggest challenge that we have uh, that we all face, and that you know as as companies that are trying to market to other uh, small businesses, you know, etc. It's really about the how you have the conversation right so the the conversation has dramatically changed right? We all know that all the buyers and all the companies today are so much more informed right so you're not don't talk to them about features don't talk to them about you know that they've done all the homework or whatever uh, you, you know they, I mean you or I could go on on uh, on the internet uh, and do all the research that we also need, and we're already probably. 95% there uh, as to what we want to want to purchase or what kind of relationship we want to have, and so now it's like, well, why do I want to have this this relationship? So, you know, what what we're we're trying to do and and what we're what we're uh, telling our customers to do is have that conversation as to, you know, what are what are the jobs to be done? What are you trying to do, and how can we help you do that? It's not about like, oh, we've got this really cool opportunity manager and you can move stuff around or whatever. That's a feature. It's right. like, well, what, how does that matter uh, to somebody who's like, well, I've got, you know, I, I, I've lost five opportunities or whatever. So, okay, you need to go. You need to go from uh, understanding that I, I want leads to customers to raving fans. I mean, that that's really, so, okay, that's what you're trying to do. and So that, let's have the conversation around how can we help you do that versus, hey, we got this great lead capture form that you can put on your website or, or those type of things. So mm-hmm. what, we, what I always try and say and what, what and, you know, to, to the listeners of, of this is that really look at the tone of the conversation that you're having with your prospects and your customers. And is it the right tone? Is it helping them to understand what they can do versus are you just talking to them about a feature of a product?
0: So really it really comes down to, you know, empowering and educating and, and really being a solution regardless, you know, of regardless of if they're going to be using your product or not, instead of really just talking about yourself and, and you know, what you build, the things that you think that that you have um, and kind of switching over to how can you use this to become a better company
1: yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We use phrases like you know, did you know, or how do I, uh, or how do you, right, et cetera. And it's very different Like to an existing customer. We have a very, we now now a very, very large customer base, you know, almost 90,000 customers, well over 300,000 users around the world. And so you have to have a very different conversation with them. They already know us. They already know they have a relationship with us. They know our platform, et cetera. So now, you know, that's really the did you know conversation. Did you know that your platform can help you do this? You know, did you know that you're probably having the same issues that all these customers uh, or the, you know, people like you are having? And did you know this is how you can handle that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as, you know, new folks is, you know, they're kind of more looking like, you know, how do I do this or how do I do that? Um, And so you got to have that how do I conversation with, with them. So did you know and how do I? is probably the, the you know two ways to talk oh, about this essentially to to reject very cool now
0: to get a little bit more into a couple of personal questions here since we're getting close at the time um what is something that you're
1: not very good at oh man i'm not good at bowling <laughs> <laughs> uh we we uh, this we we had a, a little all swifty thing we went bowling and i re- and i uh, realized that i'm probably not a a, a very good bowler uh-huh. uh that's for sure. Cool. Um,
0: if you had one piece of advice for anyone that's listening that are, they're currently either building a software company or they're currently trying to scale it, what would that be?
1: Yeah. So the, the, I get asked this a lot. I do a lot of speaking engagements and and, uh, my answer is, is, is pretty, uh, you know, what, how I live my life and what, what I've done. And And it's based around three words. It's courage, passion, and tenacity. Right. And so, you know, you have to have the courage to to continue on and and do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And even, you know, if you take a look at, uh, you know, a a small little 15 person company acquiring two very large companies and and exploding overnight, you have to have the courage to do that. Because everybody was telling us there's no way you're going to do that. You're not going to be able to raise the capital. Nobody's going to back you, blah, 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 blah. And you just had to have the courage to drive through all that and 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 make it happen. Um, and and when you do that, you have to do it with passion, right? When you when you when you live your life with courage and you're doing everything on the day, you can't come in and say, Oh, you know, today I'm just gonna do that. You have to just say, No, I am I am passionate, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna drive through this and 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 people that becomes infectious when people start seeing that passion, the courage and the passion, they're like, Okay, you know, I, I wanna be part of this, etc. Now not all everything's going to go hunky-dory it's not all going to be rosy or whatever, and that's where tenacity comes in because you, ha- you, you when, when it starts getting rough, um, it's real easy to give up and if you yeah. don't have the tenacity to power through that and the other tenacity is you have to have that tenacity to just always want to win and if you lose, you got to hate it so bad you're going to never want to do that again yeah. and you, on doing it. So courage, passion, and tenacity, um, or courage, tenacity, and passion—whatever you want to say—those are the three words that uh, you know I live my life by. That's what all the Swifties uh, drive. And uh, you know, if you're if you're a listener here and you're you know starting up your business or want to start up a business, man, use those three words and drive drive to uh, to where you want to be. Great, great. Thank you for that
0: advice. And uh, what are some of the companies that you look up to in the SaaS space?
1: Well, you know, you you, you kind of look you, in our space. You, you have to watch what Salesforce is is doing, right? You look at companies like Salesforce. You look at companies like HubSpot. I'll tell you, I really like a company um, Zora. I don't know if you if you've seen uh, those those guys uh, at all. They're a they're a subscription management uh, system, um, and so I think they're doing some really uh, really great things. So there's some really cool stuff that uh, that is going on. I think that. You know, when I look at those companies and a lot of them are enterprise focused, I'm I'm just saying like, okay, that's how do we, how can we take what they're doing and then small business size it, uh, and make it easy for the small business to, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to absorb. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, what's your favorite book? You know, my favorite book, Well, for Malcolm Gladwell is, is my favorite, uh, uh, author, cool. right? And so, you know, everyone from uh tipping point, but I would say that, uh, you know, the the one um, David and Goliath is the one I, I just uh, just finished, and and I think that's uh, you know a, a really a really good one. Uh, Outliers is probably my favorite. Uh, you know, from from that standpoint. Yeah, very cool. And uh, where can people find you online, John? You know, uh, John or J Oshel at swiftpage.com is my email address. Um, you know, at H J Osh is my Twitter handle uh, H John Oshel is, uh, my LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, very active on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, and I do answer all my emails. So, uh, you know, connect with me, go to, go to act.com, uh, and, you know, take, t- check it out. Um, you can go to swiftpage.com and, and you can find me there as well. Very cool. And the uh, last question, do you have any questions for me? Well, you know, what, what can we do to help, uh, help you? I think this is a fantastic, uh, you know, podcast. Um, you know, we, we have tons of, uh, small businesses that are our customers, you know, maybe we can help each other out and if there's anything we can do, just, uh, you know, just let us know. Definitely. You can definitely, uh, help out by sharing the podcast, subscribing
0: if you want, uh, if you like, if you like the content, obviously. And, uh, um, really just if you know anyone that should be on the podcast or you think that they could get some value from it share with them and and if you have anyone that might want to be part of it let me know or let them know and then we'll get them on here and uh, thank you so much John for being on here it was really a pleasure having you I think you you really dropped a lot of you know insightful information a lot of people whether they're you know starting out, out or whether they're like in the late stage of their company uh, they can take it away and, and start implementing executing on it so I think Uh, It was really good and really insightful again. So thank you so much for being on here today.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Thank you. Speak soon.